Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoyed this message from last Thursday. Thank you guys so much for those of you that had showed up tonight. If you didn't already know, Elevate, yes, we are alive here in person. If you decide to watch from home or couldn't make it, thank you so much for tuning in. But last week, and we'll get right into today's word, last week we talked about trust issues. And we talked about that big A word. We did a little game to start off the, ser- uh, the sermon, and we talked about anxiety. We talked about overcoming anxiety. If you guys got a chance, we, we have a podcast called the uh, Annex Podcast on, on, on Apple and, and Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts, you can go back and listen to that message. But we, we, we talked about how anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, and it's typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And, and the three questions that we asked ourselves to do a quick review is, where does my source come from? How am I perceiving my circumstances? And what is my expected outcome? And we had basically came to the conclusion that a lot of times when we succumb to anxiety, when anxiety starts to, starts to start to overcome us, we start to realize that our trust isn't in God, but it ultimately comes to trust being in self. How well and how effective we are at handling our situations with our own strength and our own knowledge and our own abilities. So now tonight, we're going to kind of continue in the same vein of teaching, the same vein of trust issues, part two. And what we're going to do is we're going to start at Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I need everybody to turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Now, for those of you that read your Bibles or take a little bit of time outside of church to read your Bibles, you might be familiar with this story. If you're a, a, a fan of, of Transformation Church and Mike Todd, Pastor Mike Todd just did a dope illustration to his message where he had uh, his whole stage turned into like an ocean. He had like the real storms and rain going out. We don't got the budget for that. So, all jokes aside, man, we're going to talk about the storm tonight, okay? We're going to talk about the storm. And we're in Luke chapter 8, starting from verse 22. Now, there are three different accounts, just a little background. There are three different accounts in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where it talks about this particular storm. Now, these aren't three different stories, but three different aspects of the story. And tonight, we're going to look at Luke's aspect of the story. Luke is a very descriptive guy. He's the type of guy that was very particular in what he added to the story. Some, some believe that he could have been a doctor because of how, 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 how knowledgeable and how educated that he sounded. He, he wasn't like the other writers of the Gospels that were Jewish people. This is a guy that was from outside of the Jewish circle. He was actually a Gentile and was educated and, and well-written and well-read, and he described to us the story of Jesus. So Luke chapter 8, verses 22, when you're there, say, I'm there. If you're watching up on the Sky Bible, say, Sky Bible. Ain't no shame, ain't no shame. Luke chapter 8, verses 22, and it reads this. It says, now it happened on a certain day that he, being Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep? Jesus, what is you doing, Jesus? And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind 
and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Where is your faith? And this is the main question and actually the first question out of three that I'm going to ask you guys tonight. Uh, some questions that are going to help us develop and build our faith in God. And the first question is this, and it's the, the title of tonight's message is, where is my faith in the midst of the storm? Where is my faith in the midst of the storm? Listen, I'm not going to be in front of you guys very long, so I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're writing down these questions so that you can take these questions home, these points home, and be able to actually apply uh, uh, the, this, the, the Bible to your life so that you can live a better life for Christ and be in service for God. Where is my faith in the midst of the storm? When, when, when things are going the way that I plan them to, when, when things seem to be falling apart, when, when school doesn't seem to be going right, my family seems to be falling apart, where, where, where everybody that I know is getting sick or my best friend died or, or maybe a parent or a family may ever have died, what do I do when I'm going through hard times in the storms of life? Where's my faith placed in the storms of life? Now, if I can give you guys a little bit of a background of, of who these disciples were, listen, they're on a boat. A couple of these disciples are familiar with, with what life is like on a boat. Two or maybe three out of the disciples are, are, are fishermen. They're, 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 they're trained sailors. They're used to it. So why couldn't they have trusted in their personal skill in being a sailor? Like, why couldn't they trust in their own knowledge and in their own wisdom and their own understanding on how to navigate through this storm? That is crazy how that even when certain situations comes up, our own knowledge is not enough. That sometimes we might think that we know everything about the situation, but we lack the knowledge and the wisdom to overcome it. Making a point that this, like, yeah, there might be some points in your life where you think that you might have all the answers, but guess what? You, fall, you find yourself falling short. That you've thought it through and you've thought, well, maybe if I would have did this and maybe if I would have did that. What about those times where you've done everything right and everything still seems to be going wrong? Where is your faith placed then? When, you, when, you, when you've crossed all your T's and dotted your I's and made sure that, you know, you did everything right and you've been following God and reading your Bible and you started cussing less and you, you, you put down the drugs and you put down the alcohol and you've been having a more cleaner thought life and things still seem to go wrong, what am I doing wrong? My question to you guys is where is your faith in the midst of the storm? Well, maybe... How come they couldn't trust in the integrity of the ship? I mean, obviously, Jesus is the one that, that gave them the direction to go in a certain way. It's like, hey, let's go to the other side. Let's get on this ship and go to the other side. That, that, how come they couldn't trust in the integrity of the ship to, to get them through the storm? Many times we're given things in life, and, and, and there are times where, where God will give us a certain thing to get us through a certain season, but once we get to that next season, once we get to that storm, once we get, once we get to that problem, that thing, that physical thing can't carry us over. That really, that this is a lesson to us. This is a picture painting for us, to, for us to understand that there are some physical things in life, tangible things in life, money, houses, cars, all kinds of things that we think that's carrying us through our lives that really aren't worth anything when you get to a certain storm. 
What happens when, you're, when you finally are given your, getting your license and you finally get your car and you take really good care of the car? You wash it. You make sure it's shining. You're on the gram, even though you're driving like a, a Honda Civic, like a 93 Honda Civic, but it's your Honda Civic and it looks good and you're getting the oil change and everything's good. And the next thing you know, the car breaks down. You live in, in a house and, you, and you're, you're being a good steward over it and, and, and everything is going good and everything seems to be going right. But the landlord calls and says, look, I'm kicking you guys out. Then what? If we can't trust in our own abilities and trust in things, then where can we place our trust? Where can we place our faith in the midst of the storm? The the, the message that I came to bring you guys here tonight is that even though our knowledge might not be enough, even though our wisdom might not be enough, even though things like cars and money and clothes and sometimes relationships, relationships might not be enough, there's a God that we serve that is consistent through the storm. So even at a young age, you guys can get this principle so when you become adults, when you transition from middle school into high school, that this thing is so part of your foundation that, look, even though I go through hard times, even though I go through the storm, I still serve a God that is consistent through the storm. Because let me share something with you guys tonight. The storm is coming. Hard times are coming. Don't believe that just because you're a Christian that there aren't going to be any hard times. Like, just because you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, and everything is going good, and, and you're a whole different person, doesn't mean that you won't have hard times. That, in fact, the most appropriate time to have faith is during those hard times. Because a lot of times when, when, when we think we have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus Christ, when, when, when things don't really go our way, when, when, when things don't really go the way that we plan, we kind of run away from the relationship. When in all reality, we can trust in in what God has for us. We can trust in the things and the knowledge that he provides us. We can trust in the provision that he has for us. Our first question was, where is my faith in the midst of the storm? Our second question for tonight, and and again, write these down. Our second question is this, what is my response to the storm? What is my response to the storm? It says in Luke chapter 8, verses 23, it says, But as they failed, as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and they were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. We're dying. We don't know if we can make it out of this. How many people have been in a situation where they don't know they didn't know if they were going to make it out of it? How many people have been been through some things where they didn't know they were going to make it out of it? How many people have family members that have gone through COVID and you aren't quite sure if they were going to make it out of it? But by the grace of God, they're still here. And even more so, this is going to be the hard thing to say. Even more so, even through the storms of somebody dying, you can still trust in God and have faith in him. That even in death, we can still trust God. That even in death, that, that, that life isn't just us being born and us dying. That there is an eternity that we have to live after we die. That God is so faithful. Not only does he make provision for us in this life, but he makes provision for us after life, after death. So we have to be encouraged that we can trust and have faith in Jesus. Regardless of the situation, what is our response to the storm? And many of us, it's natural. 
it's natural for us to panic. What's going to happen? Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Oh, gee, I, I, I don't know how we're going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to make it to school tomorrow. My, my mom or dad has been sick and they can't take me to school. I don't have a ride. I can't catch the bus. We don't have money for the bus. I don't have money for an Uber or anything like that to get to the places that I need. How am I going to get this done? Trust in God. What is your response to the storm? What is your response to the troubles of life? Are you responding in such a way where it's like, well, since I can't do it, I give up. Well, since I don't have the means, I'm just going to give up. Well, since I don't seem to have the things that I need, I'm just going to give up. As believers, that can't be our posture. As believers, that can't be our mindset. As believers, we have to trust in God with everything that we do. And that even during trials and tribulations and hard times, we can count it joy. In James chapter 1, it says this. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your, your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let it grow. Again, we talk about endurance all the time. That the endurance isn't about how much you can handle, but the endurance comes when you realize, look, my endurance is developed when I go through a hard time or I'm going through something or I, I, I need some direction and I need some wisdom. My endurance is developed in those moments where I go to God for it. Now, when I go to myself and I can just try and persevere and endure the hard times that I'm going through, no, my, my endurance is by abiding in Jesus Christ. My endurance is found by how much I trust him in situations that don't seem very certain. Because there are going to be sometimes, believe it, these dudes, these disciples have been following Jesus for a while. They've been seeing him do miracles. They've been seeing him do great things. He's been seeing uh, people being healed and, and demons being thrown out. But, but, but everybody has a line when it comes to relationship. Everybody has a line when it comes to relationship. What do you mean, JR? Just imagine a physical line for just a second, right? A lot of us as new Christians, as we walk in relationship with God, the line continues to further, right? And as we walk with God and our faith continues to grow, there are certain situations that we allow God to trust him with. So first, it might start out like this. God, I give my life to you. I trust you with my life. Cool. There's the line. God, I trust you with my money. Okay, the line's going a little bit further. God, I trust you with my relationship. The line goes a little bit further. And it might be something like this. It might be a family member, a family member dies, and then all of a sudden your faith gets lost again. Like, God, you crossed that line. What kind of good God would allow good things to happen to, uh, bad things to happen to good people? What, what kind of all-powerful, omnipresent, omnipotent God would allow bad things to happen to good people? God, I've been a good person. God, I've been doing all the right things. God, I've been going to church. I've been serving. I've been changing my life. Why would you do this to me? God is like, 
Where is your faith? We, we, we sit here and think that, that God can only operate in a small box. Don't put God in a box. Don't, don't put God in a situation where he can only go as far as you believe that he can go. That God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever ask or think. That listen, I'm talking about some hard situations. Losing a family member is hard. Losing a loved one is hard. Losing a relationship is hard. Losing and, 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 and suffering and, 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 and not being able to experience the things that you want to experience is hard. But God is faithful. God is consistent. During your trials and tribulations, during your hard times, take it as an opportunity for joy. Because where we think that joy is found in circumstances, no, joy is only found in Jesus Christ. Where we think that joy is only found in, play, in circumstances and situations where we think that everything is ideal, that even during the unideal and, and the situations that don't seem like they bring happiness, we can still find joy in Jesus Christ. That there are people that go through some hard stuff, like don't let the, the smile fool you. There are some people here in this church that wear a smile, that decide to put on the joy of Jesus Christ, even though they've been through hell. There are women that, 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 that go to this church that are in our community that have experienced miscarriage. They've experienced losing a child. They've experienced losing a, a husband. And they still decide to put on joy. There are people in this church that, that have been through hard times, that have been cheated, that have been lied to, that have been scammed out of, and they still choose to put on joy. That our response to the storm has to be a response that God has created for us and God has given us the opportunity to experience joy in the midst of trials. That listen, the situation doesn't have to be ideal in order for you to experience happiness. The situation doesn't have to be perfect in order for you to experience joy. That we have to recognize, like, look, circumstances isn't going to affect my joy. Different seasons aren't going to affect my joy. Different points in my life aren't going to affect my joy. I choose whether I'm in the storm or whether I'm sailing over smooth seas. I choose to find joy in Jesus alone. Because one thing that doesn't change, unlike my life, unlike seasons in my life, unlike different circumstances in my life, one thing that doesn't change, that remains the same, is God. So how are you going to respond to the storm? Let's take our cues from James 1, uh, verse 2. Consider it a great opportunity for joy. Our first question was this that we asked ourselves. Where is my faith in the midst of the storm? Our second question was this. What is my response to the storm? And our third question is this, and as I come to a close, do I trust God's response to the storm? Do I trust God's response to the storm? It says in Luke chapter 8, it says, but as they sailed, he, being Jesus, fell asleep. Jesus, you just going to fall asleep on my storm? God, you don't care about what I'm going through? God, you don't care that I'm going through these hard times, that I'm going through hell? You don't care, God? 
You don't care enough to, to intercede. You're God. You're all powerful. You can do whatever you want to. Why aren't you helping me? You're supposed to be almighty and, and all strong and all powerful. Where were you when my family member died? Where were you when my family member was molested? Where were you then? Where were you when my family lost their house? Where were you when, when, when my cousin got in that car accident, God? Where were you? It's hard to come to grips in the midst of the storm to, to recognize God as a good God. But nevertheless, God is good. That even though we might not see and understand as humans, we have, we have this thing in our lives that we have to make sense of what's going on. Like, well, maybe God is testing me. Maybe God is, uh, you know, trying to give me a promotion so he wants to put me through this test. And God is like, I don't fall for temptation. Anybody familiar with the story of Job? There's this guy named Job in the Bible. Really good dude. Like, I'm not just talking about, like, subjectively good, like, in my own opinion, good. But in God's eyes, he was a righteous man, right? He did nothing wrong. Was a rich man. Took care of a bunch of stuff. And God allowed everything to be taken away from him. Sons, gone. Daughters, gone. All the people that worked for him, gone. All his riches were gone. God, what did I do to deserve this? He was like, nothing. But I'm still good. His friends, the, the ones that are supposed to be close to him, he's like, Joe, you had to have done something, bro. Did you, did you curse God? Did you, did you cuss him out or something? Were you watching something that you weren't supposed to watch, Job? Come on, we're men, Job. Come on, man. You must have did something wrong. And here was Job sitting here trying to question and wonder about every decision. He's like, nah, it's not that. And I honor God with everything that I do. I'm doing all the right things. And at the very moment where Job was going to question God and, and, and how good and how, how just he really was, here comes God on the scene and he says, were you here when the world was being created? Were you here when, when, when I, I called the light out of the darkness? Were you here when I formed man out of the dust? Do you worry about how, how the crows and the birds and the, the animals of the field and, and the beasts of the water, do you, do you worry about when they get fed? Do you know the patterns uh, of, of nature? Do you know what happens when the weather changes? Do you know all these things? It was a lesson for Job to, for him to recognize that regardless of the circumstance, that God was still just, God was still good, and God was still in control. That our circumstances don't shape the goodness of God. That God has our best interest in the end. And if we can all stand to our feet. Listen, I can bring the smartest person in the world to come explain to you why good things or bad things happen to good people. I can find the most educated person in the world to scientifically break down why things happen and when they happen and what happens and all these different things, but it ultimately comes down to a choice. 
And my question for you is this. Where is your faith placed in the midst of your personal storm? Where is your faith going to be when things don't go your way? While I recognize right now, even as a pastor, even as the person speaking on this podium, that if I lost my kids, I don't know what I would do. If I lost my wife, I don't know what I would do. If I lost, we lost our home and, and lost the things that we've been blessed with, I don't know what I'd do. I, I'm speaking from a very transparent place. But one thing I do know, that through everything that I've been through, 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 through all the hardship and diagnoses of death and, 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 and difficult times I've been through in my life, God has continued to be faithful. And me and Ivy were talking about it the other day. We were talking about uh, the song from Elevation where he says, and it never failed me yet. Me and I Ivy's like, what does he mean, never failed me yet? I'm like, first and foremost, you got to give somebody a little bit of poetic freedom to explain <laughs> the song. But when the songwriter wrote that song, it, it was so beautiful in the sense of, and you never failed me yet. That is me. I've tried you, you didn't fail. As many situations that I've applied your principles and your knowledge and your wisdom and I took your presence with me, you haven't failed me. Ultimately, it's a choice, you guys. It's a choice of faith. In the, in the original language, the, the, the word is, is pistis. It means to be convinced of. That regardless of what's going on around me, I am convinced that God is good and he has my best interests. That regardless of what people are doing to me and what people are saying to me, I am convinced that God has my best interests. That even though the people that I, I, that, that I thought that loved me do me wrong, I am still convinced that God has my best interests. That even though life doesn't seem to be going my way and I'm doing all of the right things, and I'm staying in my word, and I attend church, and life seems to go uh, 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 as hell in a handbasket, I'm still trusting that God has my best interest. This is an invitation for trust. This is an invitation for you to continue to place your faith in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't just begin and end here in the sanctuary or, or here in your homes. But that this is a lifelong process of you continuing to choose God. That every day that you wake up, you say, look, I choose God today. That every decision that you're about to make, you say, look, I choose God today. I might have the knowledge, I might have the foresight to get through the situation on my, on my own, but I'm still going to choose God. It might seem like something that is simple, but I'm still going to choose God. And with all head bowed and all eyes closed, I don't want to assume that we all have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, I ask you to do one simple thing. I just ask you to raise your hand. Is there anybody out there? Amen. We're all saved. We're all going to heaven. Awesome. I'm going to do one more petition. If you're here today 
and you want to recommit your life to God. You're saying, Lord, I, I failed that, that the storm really had me shook. The storm had me shaken. The storm had me doubting in your goodness and your faithfulness and your consistency. And God, I want to repent for falling for the storm. I want you to pray with me. Talk to God. I know all of us don't have the most experience praying, but just talk to him like a friend. Say, God, I need help. God, I need guidance. God, I need understanding to get through this storm. I want my trust to be found in you, God. I want my faith to be placed in you and you alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you are consistent in the midst of the storm. Lord, it is easy for us to fall into our own knowledge and our own wisdom when it comes to things that don't go our way, God. But even when we think that we have it all together, God, I'm praying that we trust in you. That you create in us clean hearts, that you renew our minds, Lord God, so that we don't think like we used to think. God, we don't believe in the things that we used to believe in, but we believe and trust in you and you alone, God. That you are omnipotent, that you are omnipresent, Lord God, that you have all power and authority in your hands, God. And even when we don't understand the reason why things happen, we still trust you, God. Even when we don't understand why bad things happen to good people, God, we still trust you in that, God. God, like your word says, I pray that your word continues to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, God. That we recognize the state that, we, that we're in, Lord God, but we still trust in your word enough to guide us on this path of life, God. Lord, I am praying for the peace that surpasses all understanding for every single person that is going through a storm tonight, God. Every person that is under the sound of my voice, every person that has a family member going through hell, God. God, I'm praying that you send your spirit even now to comfort them. That you send your spirit now to give them wisdom, God. That you send their spirit, Lord, to, to, to give them the things that they need, God. God, when, when we don't know what to pray, you said in your word that even in groanings, God, that you understand what we're going through. So even when we don't know what to pray, God, I'm praying that we go to your feet. Even when we don't know what to say, God, when we don't know what to give, God, I pray that we go and just give ourselves, Lord God, so that we can be living sacrifices for you. God, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a praise?